You're listening to Seeking Change, the podcast where industry collaborates on eco-efficient minerals and made possible by our visionary sponsors. In today's episode of the 2020 Seek Metal Insights series, Seek Director Joe Pease interviews Asenko founder and managing director Zimi Mika after the presentation of the 2020 Seek Medal for Outstanding Work. Today, Zimi shares a leader's perspective on options to improve ESG, energy, emissions and water in mining. Driving NPV value and costs improvement, he shares how to approach these challenges by innovative engineering design. Zimi also shares some key technology options and why collaboration and workplace culture is vital to fast-track the changes needed to decarbonize. Okay, well, look, I'm very pleased today to have the opportunity to talk to Zimi Becker, the Managing Director of Asenko. Zimi is one of two founding directors of Asenko. He's appointed Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director, of course. With over 35 years' experience in design, construction and operation of minerals processing plants and infrastructure globally, he's overseen Asenko's diversification into a global business today with people clients of projects in North and South America, Australia, Africa, Pacific nations, Asia, Europe and the Middle East and across the minerals and metals, oil and gas and industrial sectors. And Zimi has been recognised globally with many awards. He's been inducted into Engineers Australia Hall of Fame in 2019. He was listed by Engineers Australia as one of the country's top 100 most influential engineers in 2010, 2011. 2014 and 2015, and he's recognised by the IMM with the Institute Medal in 2009. So it's, it's really an honour to have such a, a highly regarded industry leader here today. So welcome, Zimmy. Yeah, thanks, Joe. So, Zimmy, and first of all, uh, we've just uh, presented Grant Ballantyne with the SIG Medal. So thank you for supporting his work after he joined the SECO. And we, we think it was really important work. I know you think it's important too, and that's why you supported him to continue it. How do you think this type of work is going to help the industry make the right moves in improving energy efficiency? Yeah, yeah good question. And and yeah, congratulations to Grant. We're very proud to uh, to honour Grant or have Grant honoured with this award. We think it's fantastic that our people are recognised this particular way. I know Grant's worked really hard to get to this point, which is great. And, you know, we're, we're pleased to continue to support this type of work in order to reduce, you know, the amount of energy we need for communication. Um, you know, Grant's passionate and so are the team passionate about reducing operating costs in milling operations, at the same time reducing carbon footprint, of course. So, you know, we feel that as an organisation that's has a value set committed to innovation, that we should be supporting, you know, people like Grant in achieving uh, the best they can be a start and secondly providing work that's being used by the industry on a day-to-day basis and hopefully we'll, we'll change some aspects of the industry moving forward so you know we continue to make time available for people like Grant to do this sort of work and when he came to us from the JK I know Greg Lane said to me that you know Grant wanted to continue this work we looked at that and we felt it was really important that he did that so we're, we're really honoured that he's part of our team and he's been honoured the way he has been by C. It's fantastic. And that, that's, that's because, because that meets Seek's objective of 
you know, collecting quality information and good practice and sharing it freely with industry to, you know, to help encourage industries or, or companies to collaborate in areas that aren't competitive but they're in the public interest. Mm. And sometimes that's hard for some companies to accept. Some, some companies, I guess, can't get out of the compete mm. approach. And we, so we miss chances sometimes for collaboration mm. for, for the overall public interest. So I know you'll be proud of, of Seco's role in this. Do you think that, that Seek and this sort of approach is a useful way to help collaboration in the industry and for everyone's benefit? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, when Elizabeth Lewis Gray came to us several years ago and asked us to, to join the group, <clears throat> we were quite excited to do that because there was no real emphasis at that time being placed on energy efficiency in, in communication. And it was a relatively new concept where it was more around reduce, reducing energy consumption and there were, the, the climate discussion wasn't happening at that point. And, and, and it was a lone voice in the industry, I must confess, that, that people were interested in starting to address um, how we could reduce our, our energy usage. So <clears throat> I think I think SEEK's come a long way uh, from those early days and now has a lot more broader support of the industry. I think the whole not-for-profit concept and the collaboration and sharing concept on such an important topic, I think, is the way to go. I think our industry in general is pretty good at collaborating compared to, say, other industries in the natural resources space. The energy curves is probably a good example of that. Uh, and I know Grant's been heavily involved in, in that aspect of it. I think that's a great way of getting information around the industry. So... I think it's a very mature approach that Seek is is doing in the industry, fully supportive of it. Um, I think there's a lot of good work done. I think there's a lot of challenges still to face, though, that we need to address. Yeah, so you, you spoke there about the collaboration in industry. How does the SECO go about that in its, its you know, daily work with clients where, where they have the competitive information, so do you? But how, how do you encourage collaboration and partnering with your clients? Yeah, I guess we have a you know a philosophy of being open, honest, and collaborative. That's one of our value sets. You know, of course, we have you know agreements with our clients around IP and all those sorts of things, and where that IP is generated. But we like to put our best foot forward on every opportunity, and we encourage our people to put their ideas forward to the to the client on that particular opportunity project, whatever it is, and whatever it is they're doing, in order to add value to the client, and in order to reduce capital costs, improve operating costs, whatever whatever the parameter is. And we don't normally get too hung up around the IP. It's, it's more, as you know, with these things, uh, Joe, it's, it's more around the knowledge rather than, you know, what's paintable and what's not, et cetera, et cetera. And, and we think we've got some pretty good knowledge. We think we've got some really good experienced people, got enthusiastic people, people who are passionate about what they do. And it's that, I think, that they bring to the table and continually asking questions and continually presenting new opportunities. Do you, do you think it's a, an area that we're all going to have to get a bit better at? I mean, the, the challenges facing us in the next 20, 30 years are pretty extreme in, in the environmental and social governance areas. Are we going to have to get better at this? Oh, I agree. I think, I think we're going to have to get better at it. I think we're going to have to have more open source and, and spread that information around a bigger group of people um, who can solve a problem rather than doing it in discrete discrete little huddles, if you know what I mean. I think technology now is is uh, available that allows that to happen. And I think that we, it, it's not going to be around the detail of solving the problem. It's finding the problem, 
and putting the best brains possible because we have got some serious challenges, right, uh, I think. Uh, and in order to do that, you need good technical people and the best brains possible to do it the quickest possible way. If we shut that down and worry about our own little areas, I, I don't think we're going to solve the problems as quickly as we could. Then you look at what's the commercial, how do you set yourself up commercially? And I think that's where you have to come up with some innovative ways that that, that allow you to have a, a commercial basis around, around whatever you're bringing to the table. I think we need to sort of think about how we do that. I think the technology industry does this better than what we do. And they seem to be doing okay from a commercial basis and a financial basis, but they tend to share a lot more than what we would do in our industry. So I think I think we've got to I think we've got to change our approach a little bit. Otherwise we're not going to get through the problems. Our industry is under a little bit of a challenge. You know, we've got situation now where the whole ESG aspects are coming to the fore. As you know, and we've been around for a while, there's some skeletons in the closet from the past that still haunt us every now and again. And, uh, and even, you know, some that aren't terribly historical, but of, of, of late. So I think we've got some real challenges to, one, get the industry more acceptable to the general public and the investor base. That's very important. And to present the industry in the best possible light, given the whole uh, demand for commodity around the EV space, the renewable space, and the high technology spaces. Our, our demand is not going to go anywhere. It's there. It's going to increase. We have to learn how to better operate in the whole environmental social governance space. I think companies are still grappling with what that actually means. I think we're, we're spending a lot of time around carbon footprint, which is only a small aspect of that whole concept. And you can have the smallest carbon footprint, but if you haven't got good environmental stewardship of your operation or good social stewardship or good governance over the top, so what that you've got a small carbon footprint. So I think we've got a lot of challenges that we've got to deal with here. And if we can collaborate as an industry, we're going to be better off as a result. So, so, so I guess it's a real challenge between, uh, I mean, a culture that understands your, your competitive core that you've got to protect. Yeah. But then the wider collaborative area where we all need to, to be better off and advance as an industry, we need to collaborate. Correct, because we all rely on it, we all want it, we all believe in it, we all we're all passionate about it, and and what it brings to the table of to communities. We've got to collaborate as one here moving forward. I think I think you know there are larger companies doing their bit. You know, BHP's got the ads and doing all those things. Great, and it's a good starting point. I think we need to build on that. In, in, in a second history, you've, you've got a reputation for some innovative designs. It's really both capital efficient and energy efficient designs and mineral processing. Could you maybe talk to some examples and you know what you did, how that happened? And the... oh well, okay, you're asking the wrong guy here, Joe. I've forgotten how to be a technical person a long time ago, but I'll have a I'll have well, a go. Just in, in the culture. No, look, I think so. I think you know Greg and and Grant and uh, Matt Pyle and his team. Look at look at things like you know where to utilise uh, you know high pressure grinding rolls. I think the other area you know where you cause particle flotation where you don't need to grind as as fine and you can use you can use downstream flotation more efficiently. We're doing a lot of work in that area. Having um, a really hard look at you know upgrading of ores through um, uh, course course separation course separation that sort of thing. 
in order to reduce the amount of waste that you grind for no reason. I mean, you, you look at what's happened over the years where, you know, we used to mine 2% copper, we're down to 0.3s and 0.4s, grinding a lot of waste for no benefit whatsoever. It just, it just gets ground, it um, hops on the water and gets a ride to the tailings dam for no benefit, right? So, so by, by using techniques to upgrade that ore, you reduce the amount of energy that you need. And Grant and the rest of the team are spending a lot of time around that. Um, in the past, I guess, high-pressure grinding rolls, the efficient use of energy around HPGRs, we've done a lot of work in that area, around the whole sag milling circuit in terms of setting up, you know, pebble crushing and how we, how we might crush an intermediate product, those sorts of things. There's been a lot of work in that space. But I'm, I'm really quite encouraged around what we're looking at in the future. And, and you know, certainly the coarse particle flotation, even the um, uh, dry stack tailings, you know, in order to improve water recovery because water is another big aspect of this, of course. It's just not, it's just not the grinding circuits. I think that's a really important area that's going to help from a water recovery but also from a dam stability perspective. So, you know, Grant and the team and, and Matt and Greg are looking at all these sorts of areas at the moment. We've got a, I think we call it enhanced uh, process recovery as a, a project that we're looking at to capture all of these sorts of things and see where we can take them. So, so we all believe in innovation. I, I guess I've always said one of the challenges for the engineering company like yourself is that often when a company brings you a project, that it's under time pressure already. Yep. And... Real, real challenge then to bring new innovations to a, to a circuit when you're on a yep. delivery timetable. So, so what can we do to help our professionals, both in the engineering company, but particularly in the, in the operating companies, to get those thoughts from the table early on so, so that in a timely manner that can be considered and evaluated? Yeah, that's a really good question because what, what generally happens is people start with the problem and they work through it and they come up with an answer of capital and operating costs that's not acceptable. And then they, they do a, what's called the value engineering exercise and try and take things out to get the number right so the MPV and all the economics improve. Right? Our approach is a little different. Our approach is what MPV and what financial and economic benefits do you need in order for your project to actually happen? And we work back from that. So we, we, we tend to not do this iterative process, but do the financial model first and say, okay, we need to get to this answer from a financial perspective for this project to happen. What can we then do back in the processing plant to make that happen? All too often, I think engineers are good for starting at this point, getting to an endpoint to get to an answer, and lo and behold, it's not economic. So we encourage people to get to the answer first and then work backwards. And then, and then we continually ask, you know, why was it done this way before? Why, why, why? And just just try and get to the bottom of it. Having an answer that says, well, this is how we've always done. It's just not acceptable for us, especially for Greg Lane. I know he, he it's one of his pet bugbears is, you know, that's just not an answer. So we're continually asking questions of, of why something has happened. We're always thinking on the main game of where we need to end up. Now, that doesn't always work because some clients have a different risk profile. Uh, some clients um, haven't got the time, as you say. Some clients are obtaining finance with its debt and equity, which has a big impact on the project. So there's a lot of outside influences that impact that. You know, you can try and be as innovative as possible, but if the particular project or the client or the financier can't bear the risk, 
well, then you know, it's a pretty hard journey. So works really well when, you know, there is an open communication with the client to want to do this and, and to, to take some risk because there is, there is some risk involved and not everyone wants to do that, of course. So, so I guess it's important. Yeah, to have really quality thinking and quality analysis yeah. and, and to get it in early enough up front for the client to be able to consider it. Absolutely. And, and I, I guess the other factor nowadays is, you know, when you talked about dry stacking of tailings, uh, I guess approval times for projects are not going to shorten. So no, they're getting there may be more time to get that thinking in to influence designs. 100%. And if you haven't got the time, well, you can't, yeah, everyone falls back to what's always been done in the past. So... What do you see in the next, say, five years, 10 years, 20 years? What do you see as really the next thing in minerals processing for energy efficiency, for water conservation? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you see is a, either the combination of technologies or the new technologies that are emerging? Yeah, I, I think I think I might have said this to you before, Joe. Over the last three to five years, the industry has been focusing on analytics, Um you know, getting truck efficiencies, you know, oil temperatures and oil pressures and all this data that's being analysed and continually analysed. And in the meantime, grades have been falling and, you know, the cost of energy has been increasing. And I think now's the time for us to, to really have a good hard look at, you know, all sorting upgrading, Im improving how we can grind our material, uh, how we can then separate it in the flotation, how we can store and stack it. And the savings that we will get if we do this properly will be, you know, tens of percent, not, not at the margins. And, and then, of course, you've got the whole carbon footprint piece, which, you know, everyone's looking at and trying to improve. And I think that's really ultra important. So I think, I think if we can focus on how to extract the best economic outcome, which may not be the, the highest recovery you know, at the end of the day, at the lowest energy unit per pound of copper or whatever it is we're chasing for the lowest amount of water, that to me is where we've got to be focusing and that'll have the best financial business outcome as well. So we've got a lot of work to do and I'm glad that, you know, there's organisations like SEEK that have that emphasis and we're starting to see clients have that emphasis as well. So I think that's where we need to really, you know, put our attention and not every company is thinking that way, thinking a little bit short term. I think investors are going to really push us in this direction. You know, the, the, the financial institutions are now dictating, you know, like, like the Church of England and the Norgris, which is Norwegian you know, wealth fund, they're all dictating how they're going to invest their dollar. And they're not going to invest in an industry that you know, throws energy uh, away, really, without thinking about it. So uh, I, think, I think we've really got to step it up here. So, so, so a lot of forces pushing us in that direction, and I, and I agree there are. There are options available. There are always barriers too. So do you see some barriers to the adoptions? <sighs> Absolutely. I mean, the challenges are going to be finding the technologies that we need to, to generate these outcomes. Our industry isn't the best adopter of new technology. We always like to be the first, second. So, you know, there always is challenges around that. But, you know, we just got to, we just got to keep pushing through. We just can't sort of not, not accept these things. We just got to keep pushing ahead, in my view. And, and, and eventually we'll get there, I think, with the right attitude with people like Grant and, uh, you know, the younger generation coming through with, you know, really good, bright ideas and, and you know, great, uh, I guess, stewards of technology and understanding of technology. That's, you know, good people will solve these outcomes, I think. So, so one of the barriers you mentioned before is a risk. And I'd like to think that 
good engineering solutions are, are, are an answer to address that risk. Uh, so, for example, you know, we knew in the past that, that crushing and, and crushing and rock building could be more efficient than sag milling. Yeah. And you talked about all uh, core separation. Yeah. I guess one of the barriers to that is the, the extra ore handling, and the spillage, and dust control. But that's just an engineering problem. Correct. So that could be, I think, solved, but we yep. have to demonstrate to clients that it can be solved. Yep. I think you put three engineers in a room and give them beer and pizza, they'll come up with a solution to <laughs> that. Well, you've got one engineer. <laughs> uh, and I, I guess the particle separation as well. I think Grant's work has been really important in that to say if we, we consider the whole of the energy involved. So when HBGRs first came out, it was perhaps an overestimate of their value. But they still had value. We just had to, to prove that yes, when we consider the conveyor energy, but they consider the embedded energy in balls, or the embodied energy in the balls, that, that they still have a benefit. So yeah. this sort of analysis, I think, is going to help move us forward. Yes, and also bringing the pit in the equation too, in mm -hmm. terms of breakage, etc. You know, that I think sometimes underestimated or underutilised. Yes. I know there's been a bit of work done there recently, and I think we can better, you know, marry those two things. And, and bringing water into the equation, you, you talked yeah, a lot right. about water. So, so we've always looked at the economics or the energy, but when we bring water as well, then that's really, really supports the case for the more uh, you know, coarser separation, dry process where we can. Absolutely. And and with, with coarser separation, you get better water separation out of the out of the dry stack. So it's a, just this, this real in, in integrated interface, I think. Yeah, so I think we're going to see more engineered solutions. I mean, there's nothing simpler than a, a nice signal bubble circuit, but I don't think that's in all cases going to meet the needs of, of where we need to be in 20 years' time. Yeah, It'll be more highly engineered, perhaps more operating input, more maintenance input, but a more efficient plan. Exactly. And as you know, Joe, tons are getting bigger because grades are getting smaller. So these plants are substantial these days as compared to 20 years ago when grades were lower. Yes. So, so I guess there's big challenges for the industry leaders in this. And I guess, I don't know if you, you see it as there's your role and our role and seek to try to help it, help the leaders, help the professionals get through that, that those range of challenges. Absolutely. It's, it's, up, it's up to us to support and model the way and inspire and encourage people to come up with those solutions and create the environment to allow those ideas to come forward. I think that's the important thing to allow, you know, people like Grant and others to, you know, to, to keep their their innovative thinking happening, and that can only happen with you know the support and encouragement, really, um, almost cheerleading on the sideline, you know. And I think that's well, and establish a culture that allows it to happen, that, and that expects it to happen. Correct. So I guess because we you know, we admire you for having done that in the Seco. For your support of SEEK and, and for, for Grant's work in, uh, in his SEEK medal and in his everyday work. And I guess as a supporter of SEEK, have you got any advice for us as to what we could do better or for the sponsors of SEEK or, or what we can do to oh, keep moving on this journey? I just think keep doing what you're doing, get the message out there, use all the, all the social media that you can to, to, to you know, get the good work in amongst the community, you know, the, the, the um, minerals community, so people know what you're achieving. I think that's important. Um, just keep communicating, I think. All right. Well, thanks, Simi. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for your time. I know you're a very busy person. 
really appreciate it. No worries, Joe. Good to talk to you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you found value and ideas from this episode. Your voice can also help us to expand the conversation and actions around eco-efficient mineral processing. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please give us a positive rating or even write a quick review on Google or Apple iTunes. If you'd like to stay informed and involved, you can tap into our free resources at our website, seekthefuture.org. That's C-E-E-C, thefuture.org. You can subscribe to our monthly Seek News, which also lets you know new podcasts, videos and events. And you can join our visionary sponsors. Just email admin at seekthefuture.org. Thank you.